those that are here, hey, look, there's 20 of us plus those that are required uh, for the service. So let's just leave it at that. That's nice and safe. Um, and for those that are home, thanks for joining with us. A couple of things to get through quickly just before we jump into uh, some prayer in the Word. We have our um, annual general meeting today, our AGM. And for those that are part of church worlds that don't have AGMs, praise God for you. For those of us that have AGMs, um, ours is more a celebration these days and because of the current restrictions, we have to do it via Zoom. So we're not able to do it here. So can I encourage everyone to jump online and be with us? We've got some really great news to share with you today. That's been in the making since the end November, December 2019. Uh, and with COVID just prolonging stuff, it was finally time. Um, to release some really good and exciting news, I think, for the life of our church and the prosperity of our church and the longevity of our church. So that's today, 12.30. Um, wherever you are in the world today, if you're part of our church, you will miraculously get a message from me, even though I'm speaking because I've got it scheduled to go to your phones with the link. Amen. If you don't have that link, let me know um, or let someone know and they'll get it to you. <sighs> There's one. Two, for those that are part of our church family, whether you are in person, face-to-face -face, or at home, I just wanted to talk about our giving really quickly. Um, I don't like talking about our giving. Um, what a week, what a year, yeah? Vaxxed. You're going to get vaxxed? Are you not going to get vaxxed? Oh my goodness, you could die from that. Oh, you could die from this. Oh, it's really terrible, isn't it? Um, it doesn't matter where you stand on the spectrum of things. that you always someone opposite. And the sad part is, when it comes to Christian faith, that there are Christians all over the world bickering and fighting against each other because they've not yet learnt to love each other even when someone has a different opinion. Uh, and we're smack in the middle of something that is dividing humanity, dividing the community and dividing Christendom right down the board, you know. Should we protest? Everyone's got a right to protest if they're not happy. But you, what about the people that you could be killing because you're being selfish? And it goes on and on and on and on and... I don't want to talk about it. I've got opinions everywhere, but opinions are like armpits. And we all have them, and they all stink. Even yours. Right? Even yours. So, wherever you fall, what I want to talk about today is this, because I know the Bible talks about one thing very clearly. The Bible talks about unity. The Bible talks about oneness. And in fact, where I wanted to jump in was John 17, 11 says... I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they, that's us, may be one as we are one. Yeah? We're talking unity. God's talking unity. And again in John 17, 22, it says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. These are you know, Jesus' words here. That they may be one as we are one. So I want to say that in this season of fear, confusion, doubt, multiple thoughts, multiple opinions, yeah, um, in all of that, now is the time for us to show the world what unity looks like. Now's the time for us to show, show the world what love looks like. And that is not determined by what side of the pendulum you swing on. Yeah, because let's face it, some are here, some are here. And others are all inside this space. And there's very few that meet in the middle. Hey? 
But now's the time to be able to show the world how to love one another even when we disagree. So, how do we live from a heaven perspective? How do we live out of eternity? Really, because that's you and I are destined for eternity. How do we live in that type of atmosphere that you and I can create? And can we live in that atmosphere in this world today? Will that actually work? That's what I want to talk about today. So let's pray and then we'll see what God does. For those of us that are listening, watching, praying. Father, we just pray that you would certainly take today's word. Lord, take every ounce of it, that you would make it yours, that you would anoint it. Lord, things that are not from you, God, I pray that, Lord, it would fall off the page, that I would forget. But God, the things that you want to say, I pray, Lord, that they would be driven home to our hearts. They, they would shape us and forge us and make us more and more into the image of your son, Jesus, with ever-increasing glory. That we as a family, that we as a community would come away knowing, Lord, that even though someone may barrack for the Melbourne Football Club, God, that we can love them anyway. Lord, so, <laughs> Lord, be with us, lead us, particularly the Western Bulldog supporters that are in dire straits. For all those that don't know what football is, don't worry about it. Just know that the pastor's in mourning. But bless the sermon and bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we get, we get past the football stuff. My team lost. For those that sent me the text messages last night, very late, that thought they were quite um, um, super funny. They weren't funny. <laughs> Not at all funny. I prayed for you for hours. <laughs> the reason some of you aren't here today is because I prayed for you. No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, really. But don't send me texts like that. Texts like that. It was so frustrating. But anyway, my poor son still believes in Jesus. Um, we were having a, a, a really interesting, you know, like we're watching the game and our team's losing. And we're winning at one stage and Melanie goes, <laughs> my wife, for those that are watching at home, my wife goes, it's because I've been praying. Oh, have you now? So there are no Christians anywhere in the world praying for the other team. Is that right? <laughs> it was, you had to be there. We had this really funny conversation going backwards and forwards. And um, yeah, it, Mel wasn't happy at the end of the conversation. Anyway, our team lost maybe because she stopped praying. Um, I'm not too sure. But anyway, for you and I to live in an atmosphere of heaven, for you and I to live in an atmosphere that is actually eternity, to live in that environment... And there's a few things that I think we need to constantly remind ourselves yeah, and be, um, I, I guess, we need to remember. And that, first and foremost, no matter where we live, no matter what season that we're in, that we're his children. Yeah? Absolutely, totally, we're his children. And here's the big one. The world that we live in, this world, speaks a totally different language to you and I. Absolutely different language to you and I. Because when we speak... We have the power of life and death in our tongue. When we speak, we have the ability to speak eternity into this world. Yeah? When we speak eternity, we actually can create atmospheres around us for those that are near us where God's presence is and miracles happen. That's what we can release from our mouths, eternity. You know, you, you would remember Paul and Silas. You know, they, they weren't... They, they weren't dictated to. They, they, they weren't influenced by the circumstances that they found themselves in. But where they found themselves, they actually released eternity. And even the people that were with them were freed 
out of the prison that they were in, yeah? And the world that we live in has such a different perspective on things. It, it just, it so does. You know, we've grown up in a world around us and the world around us, its, it's language is negative. Like, it's just negative. It, it, I'll paint a picture, and I'm not saying life's negative, but the world's language is so negative compared to the language of eternity, the language of heaven. You know, think about it. The world that we live in is a problem-solving world. There are always issues, there are always problems, and we're always trying to fix them. <laughs> but heaven, there are no problems in heaven. Like, not, not, not even one. Not, like, not, like, not one. God didn't wake up today and go, whoa, I better fix that. He doesn't have to do that because there are no problems in heaven. So heaven's not a problem-solving world because heaven doesn't have problems. In fact, heaven just sees everything in this world, not even as a problem. When heaven looks to this world, it sees everything as a possibility. Everything as a possibility. Let me explain it like this. In Matthew 5, after the Beatitudes, Jesus goes into an extended speech, yeah? And over and over and over again, you hear these words, you've heard it said. You've heard it said, it's been said, you've heard it said, again you've heard it said, over and over and over and over. So here's my, my slant on it. This is what I think Jesus was doing. I believe he was bringing heaven's perspective here. Yeah? I believe he was saying, hey, I know this is how it is here, but back home where I'm from, it's like this. I know you've heard it said, but let me show you, yeah? He was sharing heaven's language, and it's different to this world that you and I grew up in, totally different. It's different to the world that we live in. And we've grown up speaking the language and seeing the culture of this world and how this world deals with things. But Jesus, Jesus is giving us a new way of seeing things, a totally new way. There's a way of seeing and thinking and living that comes from heaven amen see once we see things the way god does <laughs> then we can actually step into them we can't step into them until we see them and our that, part of our part of our destiny is we were created to see things differently to the world around us you know we were created to actually speak differently into the world around us and i would suggest that from the moment we start this journey of faith with Jesus, we're actually learning to speak and live out of eternity. We're actually learning to live and speak, um, I guess, out of our true identity as we truly are, yeah? From the moment we say yes to him. So we need to know who we are. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so what does that mean? It means that we take our thinking and our perception and our language from another world because that's where our citizenship is. That's where we belong. So the way that we look at things, the way that we talk about things needs to come from our home, our real home. It means we belong to heaven. And if that's our home and heaven's our home and we're citizens there, we're citizens there only, only, only because we're part of what Jesus did for us on the cross, and we're part of his family, amen? So if heaven's our home, but we're living in this world, then we've got to decide how we're going to act, how we're going to speak, how we're going to react. Are we going to react to the world that we're actually living in, or are we going to react and speak 
to the world or from the world that we're now from, the family that we're from. See, we're citizens of heaven. And I guess it's similar, and I've used this analogy before, but it works for me. That similar to diplomats and ambassadors from other countries living in our country, say, if heaven's our home but we're living here, the laws that govern us are not the laws of the land that we live in, but the laws of the land that we're from. That's how it works to be a diplomat. Yeah? Go with me here for a moment because it's, it's important. This is part of our inheritance as children. 1 John 4.17 Hearing is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Right? That's so, like this is like, this is the key verse, right? So are we in this world. So that means that we're like him. That means we represent him here in this world. And everything that God did was magnificent. Everything that Jesus did is wow. It's like, it, it's mind blowing. It, it, we can't comprehend all the things that he did. And now we're supposed to represent him. You think about it, he, he healed the blind, he healed the deaf. He fed thousands. He healed the leper, restored the lost and broken. Arms grew back. The dead were raised. He baffled the religious. Everything he did was like, wow, marvelous, supernatural. And that Jesus now lives in us, <laughs> even in the season that we find ourselves in. Yeah, He lives in us. The power to do all that he did lives in us. The power that raised him from the dead lives in us. And Jesus did nothing ordinary. I know he lived a life. And he did ordinary things like ate and going to the toilet. I know he did those ordinary things. But outside of that, his life was extraordinary. So I hate to say this. If we are, as that scripture suggests, as he is in this world, why would we accept anything less than what he did, than who he was? See, the reality is, even in the, in the midst of COVID, you and I can't do ordinary. We actually can't do ordinary because we are as he is in this world, in the midst of this season, in the middle of it all. And I know that's probably already stretching our minds and our faith, but this is part of our inheritance as, as, as his children. This is the destiny that God, God has given us. You know, that's what Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. For you and me, it's not possible to do these things. For you and me, it's probably not possible to walk through in a, in a great, godly fashion in this season. But because we are as he is in this world, because he lives in us, we can actually walk through this season and any season with our heads held, held high, knowing that regardless of what everybody else is freaking out about we can actually bring some sort of peace to the situation because even though we may have our smelly opinions we don't let that dictate how we respond how we react how we love one another do we if particularly if we're as he is in this world you know our citizenship's not here we're citizens of heaven created now to represent the king so how are we representing the king 
I speak to myself, how are we doing that in our conversations? How are we doing that through our social media posts? How are we doing that face-to-face? How are we doing that? Even for the Christian, oh, let's go out on a limb, Andrew. Even for the Christian that was protesting, how is he doing that? Was he one of the people throwing the bottles or was he there to peacefully protest? Because we need to represent Jesus in every place that we go to with our smelly opinions, as he is in this world. It's kingdom thinking. It's thinking that takes us to almost to God's domain. It does take us to God's domain. It's seeing, it's seeing his kingdom. It's speaking his kingdom. It's living his kingdom. It pours out from us. It's releasing eternity. And it's living in that atmosphere that's full of his presence. It's living as citizens of heaven. I, my prayer is that I would represent the country that I'm from. And if I'm a citizen of heaven, my prayer is my life represents that well. Now, the Bible tells us that we're ambassadors for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We're his ambassadors because our citizenship's in heaven and we're living in this world. And so we represent him here. What does it mean to be an ambassador? Here's what the dictionary slash some of Wikipedia has to say. An ambassador is an official envoy, especially a highest ranking diplomat who represents a state and is usually accredited to another sovereign state or to an international organisation as the resident representative of their own governmental sovereign um, or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. It's really confusing when you read it like that, isn't it? The word is often used, um, is often used more liberally for the person who are known without national appointment to represent certain, certain professions, activities and fields of endeavour. In its most common use, the term usually applies to the ranking government representative stationed in a foreign capital. This is us. The host country typically allows the ambassador control of a specific territory called an embassy whose territory, staff and vehicles are generally afforded diplomatic immunity in that host country. Why do I share all that? Because it's like this. We see it in movies all the time. You know, the bad guys are the foreigners from overseas and they're living in the embassy and the good guys come to arrest them because they've stolen something, murdered someone, done something evil, yeah? And when they get to the door, the bad person says, you can't touch me. You can't even give me a parking ticket. You can't even pat me on the back. I've got diplomatic immunity. See you later. Can't do anything. So when Jesus died on a cross, he took away all our sin. He took away all our shame. He took away all our negativity. He took away criticism. He took away sarcasm. He took away fear. He took it all. So is there, if we're citizens of heaven, is there anger in heaven? Is there negativity in heaven? Is there complaining in heaven? Let's let's keep going because that way we capture everyone that's listening across the globe, right? Is there jealousy in heaven? Is there frustration in heaven? Is there deceit in heaven? Is there fear in heaven? We could keep building on this. The answer simply is no, isn't it? No, that stuff does not exist in heaven. So if it doesn't exist in heaven and we're citizens of heaven 
And we're like Jesus is, as he is right here and now, but in this world. And now we're his ambassadors, his diplomats in a foreign country, this world. Then why do we choose to accept those things in our lives? Why do Christians anywhere, even in the middle of COVID, choose to accept those things? Confusion, doubt, frustration, fear. None of it exists where we're from. Especially in the season we find ourselves walking through, it's time to live from eternity. For those that are listening, it's time to live from eternity. It's time to see things as God sees them. And God sees everything without fear because perfect love casts out all fear. So it's cast out. It may still be around us in the world that we're living in, but it can't touch us because you and I have diplomatic immunity. We're his ambassadors. So if we're ambassadors of Christ, why, why, why do we keep accepting those laws, those consequences? And I'm not talking about the laws that are government places, but I'm talking about that other stuff that comes against us. We've got diplomatic immunity. So in other words, when those feelings come our way, anger, negativity, frustration, complaining, jealousy, fear, all of that, and they will, regardless of how long you've been a Christian, how holy you are, even if you've walked on water, they are going to come your way. They will come your way. We need to be able to take a stand and say, you know what? Well, you can throw everything at me, but I'm not going to pick that up. No, I've got diplomatic immunity. I won't be frustrated. No, I've got diplomatic immunity. I don't want to be angry. No, I've got diplomatic immunity. I will not pick up that fear. If our citizenship is truly in heaven and where his ambassadors here as he is, so are we, then we have a choice to make. You know, sometimes obstacles come away. It could be anything. It could be finances. It could be relationships because who knows? Relationships are easy. And who knows that no one's suffering financially at the moment because everyone's working. Yeah. You know, you've got all these things that are happening at the moment. And you've got stuff that happens at work and pressure at school, or whatever it is. These, these things often have the ability to stop us moving forward. Yeah. And as they've got the ability to do that, we then become frustrated and upset within ourselves, inside of ourselves. Sometimes we can even feel helpless. We can feel afraid of the circumstances we find ourselves in. The truth is, I think we choose to feel frustrated. We choose to feel fearful. We choose to feel afraid. We choose to feel angry. Because we haven't yet learnt to live in the mindset of heaven we haven't yet learnt to live as citizens of heaven we haven't yet learnt to, to grasp and live from eternity you know we're reacting the way that the world that we've grown up in that negative way we're reacting the way it would and it does and we default to that negative response or acceptance of those feelings and emotions and reactions because it's the culture of the, the world that's around us. But we've got diplomatic immunity. Like we have, 
We can be so stuck up and go, we have diplomatic immunity. You cannot touch us, you know. When, when the enemy comes against us, we can actually say, hey, devil, that was not a bad shot. That was a good effort. But you know what? I've got diplomatic immunity. Take that to the person next door. Farewell. So long. Look, we can do that. That's, that's our inheritance. It's biblical. You know, I don't want to and I will not pick up. I won't take on board anger. I won't take on board jealousy. I won't take on board fear. I won't take on board frustration. I won't begin to worry. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to live by those laws. You can't even give me a parking ticket. I've got diplomatic immunity. I'm a citizen of heaven and I am governed by the laws of that land. It's our destiny to be as he was here on earth. It's part of our inheritance. I reckon that's pretty exciting, you know. Ephesians 2.6 reads, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, that means for me, our thinking should be driven by up there. Our thinking should be driven by heaven and what heaven would be like. That's probably why you and I need to take moments of time to sit and to meditate on the things of God. Because when we sit and meditate on the things of God, we actually start to learn and understand and remember what the things of God are, what the places of God are like, what heaven's like, what it's like to sit in his presence. We remember those things and our thinking should come from there. You know, the same applies not just to negative thoughts and emotions. It also applies to sickness. Healing is not a doctrine. Yeah? Healing is a reality of heaven. Healing is not a doctrine. Healing is a reality of heaven. So can we get sick? Of course we can get sick. We're in a body that's attached to this world, yeah? Of course we can get sick. But when sickness comes our way or to those that are around us, the world teaches us to see it as a problem. If you get a worst case scenario, illness, terminal illness, it's a problem. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to have to go through A, B and C in the hope. Yeah? We deal with it the way the world has taught us to deal with things like that to work on the problem and to find a solution. But for me, heaven doesn't see a problem because heaven doesn't have problems. So it can't see a problem. And we're citizens of heaven. So heaven sees possibility. When sickness comes our way, heaven and eternity sees a possibility for healing. The possibility of his name being glorified and made great. That's what heaven sees. So when sickness comes, we have to stand as ambassadors of the king and actually declare that we have diplomatic immunity. Hey, hey, sickness, you can't touch us. Hey, sickness, you can't touch them. I know you're in my body, but I'm not going to accept that because I come from a place and the laws there are different. And though I may be sick here, my soul, my spirit is not sick there. I'm believing for the healing that's coming my way. Now, this is where faith kicks in. Because whether we receive the healing or that person receives the healing, do we then change our doctrine to fit what we experience? Or do we keep 
what the truth and reality of heaven is that there's no sickness there that god's heart is love and he loves us all and wants to see us all healed so do we choose to believe healing for the next person and for the next person and for the next person or do we give up and say oh well you know they were sick and i prayed and they died anyway i'll just that's just the way it is sometimes we've got to stand and declare hey i'm a citizen of heaven I've got diplomatic immunity. This might look grim, but I am not going to let this touch me because it can't touch me. I'm not from this place. The minute you walk towards me, you come to a door, to an embassy, and in that embassy, you have no right here. I live in that embassy, in this world. As he is, so am I here. That's seeing things that don't yet exist. That's faith. And in this world, in this season, we've got to be able to live by faith, don't we? You know, if you get vaccinated, you're not going to get sick from the vaccine. If you catch COVID, you're not going to get sick from COVID. You've got to somehow declare some truth. It's not to say that you won't in your body, but in yourself, you've got to stand on God's word and say no and not allow the fear of things to dictate what you do or don't do. But how? How can we speak and act like that? Because that's really tough when there is sickness around us and there is frustration around us. You and I are a brand new creation. We're not only citizens of heaven, we're not only his diplomats, his ambassadors, but we are brand new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new i love the way the nlt puts it it means that anyone who belongs to christ has become a new person the old life is gone it's totally gone and a new life has begun and with every new life becomes new thoughts and new thinking and new opinions yeah we're a people that no one has ever seen the minute you come to jesus i love this whether it it's probably even better if you're older. If you're older and you come to faith, you're a brand new creation. When your old friends see you, they're seeing something they've never seen before. They're seeing a Jesus person that's filled with the Spirit, that's going to answer in a way that he's never answered, that's going to release eternity that he's never been able to release, that's going to create when he opens up his mouth. People around us are actually seeing something they have never seen before. Because we are a brand new creation. You're not like that. That's not really you. I remember you from when you grew up. Yes, you did. Absolutely. But I'm not that person anymore. I'm not like that anymore. I'm a new creation. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm an ambassador for the king of all kings. And just, I know you're going to think I'm nuts. And just as he is, so am I here in this world. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. What's that? Oh, I broke my leg. Let me pray for you. You're an idiot. Let me pray for you. What do you got to lose? You're scared it's going to be fixed. You're scared it's going to be healed. They're seeing something they've never seen before. And if we don't approach things and speak things as God would, then you and I are living as citizens of the world, not citizens of heaven. And we're putting ourselves under the rules and regulations of this place. You know, right now, everywhere, there are, there are believers everywhere that are living under the rules of this world. 
And I'm not, I'm not going to suggest what's right and what's not right because both are right. If that's how a person feels, that's how a person feels. If that's a person's truth, that's a person's truth, no matter what side of the pendulum it's on. We're not there to dictate, to say, oh, I stand on this side. Yes, you should be faced. Oh, no, I stand on this side. No, we shouldn't. Oh, you should protest. It doesn't matter. If that's their truth, it's their truth. But how are you and I as Christians going to release heaven and eternity into that situation? How are we going to carry ourselves in this season? Are we going to live at home afraid for what might come? Or will we actually be a people that are diplomats of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? You know, heaven, I've said it multiple times today, heaven sees our problems as possibilities. And if we could just capture this alone, every situation we face is to make us more like Jesus. Every negative situation we face is to teach us to fight, but to fight from a place of victory. Not for victory, we're already victorious. You know, let me repeat that. Every negative situation we face is to teach us to fight from a position of victory, not for victory. Our problems are not the problems. <laughs> but how we see the problems are the real problem. We should never tackle our problems on the same level it appears. We should never actually tackle our problem with tools and wisdom and the rules of this world. We're citizens of heaven who have diplomatic immunity, living out of eternity. We are as he is here. We need to tackle our problems as God would with the tools and the rules and of heaven, the place that we're citizens of. Because you and I, in reality, are not subject to the world around us. We don't have to listen to the world. I'm not talking about governments. All right. We don't have to listen to the world, the flesh or the devil. God lives in us. So revelation comes on how to deal with our problem every time we go and sit with him, when we sit with Father. That's why he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Don't succumb to how this world thinks. Don't do it. It wages war inside you. It will confuse us all. And we were never designed to live like that. Instead, Colossians 3.2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. In other words, know the law of the land that you're from heaven. Know the rules of heaven. And in knowing those rules, apply them, live them, abide in them. Don't be consumed by the problem because the problem makes no difference. And this is how you and I fight this season. This is how you and I should be journeying through COVID, you know, 19. You and I have diplomatic immunity. You know, I love a very simple analogy that God uses everything, every problem as a possibility. And even if you think about a simple battery, yeah, it's got a positive and a negative a positive and a negative, positive and a negative. And it requires both the positive and the negative to give the charge 
to whatever it is that you're trying to charge. It needs both to actually get the power that it needs. And God takes those negative things in our life. And when we look at it through him, we're, we're like a conduit. We're like a battery. We're his ambassadors. And he takes the negative, but with his positive, it's the charge that we actually need to live in this world. I love that that you and I can live as citizens of heaven, that we can grab hold of our destiny and inheritance and we can live as his ambassadors, amen? And if we step into that reality, that, that, that we are here as he is, that we are as he is here in this place, then the people around us will be amazed. Our workplaces will be amazed. Our schools will be amazed. Our supermarkets and our petrol stations, they'll be amazed. And people will, they'll be marveled, they'll, they'll be wowed. And they'll ask, what type of people are these? We're Jesus' people. We're a new creation. We're sons and daughters of the King. <laughs> we are a habitation for God to live in. Yeah? The truth is often we don't realize how brilliant we are, how amazing we can be. But every one of us here in this place, every one of us listening, we are his children, citizens of heaven, ambassadors with diplomatic immunity to the stuff that's around us. And we can choose. We can choose whether we're going to live out from eternity, from a position of victory, or whether we're going to respond to the world that we grew up in. So church, friends, why don't we decide today how we're going to respond to the things that come at us, eh? Why don't we pray Make this a reality for all of us that we are his citizens, his ambassadors, his children, his family, his sons and daughters. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the reality that you are our God, that you've never left us, nor will you ever forsake us. We thank you, Father, that you are always good to us and no matter what problem we face, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you see it as an opportunity, a possibility to glorify the name of Jesus. I thank you that every negative comes our way. I thank you, Lord God, that you will always attach yourself not only to the negative, but, Father, to your positive to bring the charge and the outcome that you desire. I thank you that we just need to trust in you and walk from you. So, Lord God, may we learn to be more like your son, Jesus. As he is in this world, so are we. May we truly be as he is. We give you all the glory and all the honour. And all those that are here and watching and listening at home, say amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, wherever you might be. Amen. <laughs>